Hi, my name is Chris Little, and I am the host of The Lifestyle Chase. In 2018, I started this show to have meaningful conversations. I've interviewed over a hundred different people, both in and out of the fitness industry. This podcast is something I'm incredibly proud of. Welcome to season four. Thanks for joining me. All right, so welcome to the Lifestyle Chase, and I am joined by a return guest, the one and only Ula Kanu. Did I get it right this time? You got it right. <laughs> okay, okay, because I, I actually went back to the old episode. I was like, I knew I kind of screwed it up, so I'm going to be better this time. I did my best. Um, you were last on the show for episode 24, which is back January 17th, 2019. And now we're wow. here for episode 199. How are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'm great. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe that much time has passed. So when you had asked me to come on again, I was shocked. And uh, I kind of wanted number 200. But <laughs> I understand if you have a special guest or a special plan for it. But it just, uh, it you know, 199 is so close. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I... There was a chance that I was going to record episode 200 from a plane, um, mm. but I don't think it's going to time out quite right. Like that, that is something that might actually happen. But in the meantime, I've just been trying to uh, stay on track with the amount of episodes I've been putting out because I find that like the amount of personal development that it gives me and the perspective and mm-hmm. being able to connect with people and sometimes circle back, uh, which is what brings us here. It's You've done so much in the last couple of years. Um, if you can kind of recall to where you were when we were last on the show and kind of fill in the gaps, like what's life been like the last couple of years? Yeah, so uh, I guess the biggest change is I moved across the country. I now live in Ottawa, which was a big change and not expected. I guess it's not like I planned to move to Ottawa, but here I am. Uh, so I've been here since October of last year. So um, almost a year, coming on a year right away. And I'm trying to remember where I was two years ago. And I was like, I think um, doing social media, I think I had just left Lululemon or about to leave Lululemon. And I'm actually now in-house with the one of my clients. So I went in-house with them. And I'm coming up on, I think it'll be two years soon with them. So it kind of lines up in my mind. And yeah, so it I feel like two years ago, I was just moving into being self-employed. I was not really doing a lot of photography, if any at all, versus now I would consider that like a cornerstone of my career <laughs> and like what I do. So it's kind of a wild change. And I, yeah, I moved across the country and I, I found my partner. So here I am. I, I probably Probably was single at the time two years ago. (laughs) So it's a complete uh, change. Everything has changed and in a great way. Well, the thing that I like about it, because like I recently listened to the episode to kind of get like refreshed with it and everything. And uh, everything that you were saying there, you're accurate with all your reflections. But like it just goes to show if a person's patient with life, how much can change. And I know that's something that I struggle with sometimes. I struggle with patience. I'll feel like, why, why aren't things coming together? 
But then you can see like through other people's experiences, how many things can kind of come together and how like patience can pay off and uh, just hard work and consistency can pay off. Like throughout everything that you do, there's certain things that come up that are consistent that help you. Like I've noticed in my observations, you tend to be someone who makes decisions with integrity and you are very loyal to your people. And no matter what context that gets applied to, it it turns into things. Um, mm -hmm. I've always kind of been curious, like, what was the, the turning point that spurred on the move? Like, what made you think, okay, time to pick up and relocate to a, to a new place? <laughs> Funny enough, uh, it was not really by choice. Uh, it was by, like, I chose to come here. Um, but Corey, my partner, he's doing his postdoc. So we were really early on in our relationship. It's kind of wild. And, and we joke now that if, if it, the timing was almost like the week after we started dating, shutdown happened. And so people might have thought, oh, my God, they're just like a COVID couple. But it's not that. Uh, it's just the timing aligned that way. And so he just finished his uh, PhD and was just applying for postdocs and he was unsure where he was going to land. It was, it could have been anywhere. I know at one point it could have been Australia. So <laughs> when it turned out to be Ottawa, I was kind of like, as much as I would love Australia, it's kind of like, oof, that's a little bit easier and not as crazy just to like go with the flow. And I, I decided I didn't want to do a long distance relationship. It's not what I wanted to do. And I know he was worried for my career. It is different out here career-wise for me. I'm not bilingual, so it's a bit difficult to find work for someone in my career path if you don't speak French. And I just thought, you know what? My job's a job. I'll figure it out. And I, I was lucky enough that my the company I went in-house with, um, yeah, everyone's at this point, pretty much everyone's working from home. So it really doesn't matter anymore. And it's really changed what work can can be like. Yeah, so we're in Ottawa now, and we might move again. <laughs> we don't know. Well, I mean, when we reflect on, like, the last episode, you talked a lot about working from home, and, like, I've just been in, like, the zone of talking to person after person after person about working from home because of all these episodes from, like, the COVID times. And then I realized, I was like, that's before we even knew that was a thing. That was before, like, working from home was popularized. It was, like, you were probably one of my few guests that actually used that term, and so what I liked is that you had a, a greater understanding of like the boundaries that needed to be in place to successfully mm -hmm. do that. And mm -hmm. uh, you you had learned a lot of lessons from from past business experiences and how to like uphold those connections no matter where you relocate to. Like when you first landed, um, what were the first things that went through your head, like finding a place and all those things? Like what what did you have to navigate to uh, break through? Yeah, well, I, actually, just the work from home thing, I, I have always had my goal to be that I could work from anywhere in the world. I wanted to be mobile in that sense. I've had experiences in my life um, where, you know, my family's not where I live, and that makes it difficult. So working in an office setting has never been something I had wanted to do. And actually going in house was almost difficult for me. I was unsure whether I should do it. I was unsure if I should kind of I don't want to say give up, but, you know, like it kind of felt for a sec, like, oh, my God, I'm self-employed. Why would I go work for a company? Um, but what I saw was the ability to work with a really amazing team. And I knew I was going to grow and learn. And like, I really, really have. It's really pushed me in ways that 
working by myself, I, I could never do. And now I can't imagine not having team, whether I'm self-employed or not. I think I will always want to have a team to work with. So when I was making the move over to Ottawa, I, I told them like, I don't want to leave. Like I'm not quitting, <laughs> but I'm moving. So those are my values. It's, it's my partner first. And second is my job. So if you let me continue working for you, I will continue working for you from Ottawa. And I do my best to actually match Edmonton time just to make it smoother for the office. And yeah, it's worked out wonderfully. And we're, when we're coming out here, I won't lie, it was a little wild. Like, I mean, A, it's cross country, I'm moving during COVID. Um, we, it, it's renting, it's very different in Ottawa. <laughs> so we spent a lot of time searching for apartments and um, I had never been in the city my partner had. So at least he kind of knew the neighborhoods and that kind of helped. And we did a video walkthrough and like on the video, I was like, let's take it because it's just, uh, you kind of have to hop on the opportunity um, in the city. So yeah, we just did it through a video. And the first time I saw it was when we got the keys. <laughs> It was, uh, I mean, we, we live in a wonderful neighborhood. Um, we joke that majority of the people here are retired. So we have a lot of friends with gray hair that we meet while we walk our dog and it's, it's quite nice. So. so throughout everything that you've been doing, what was like the biggest kind of like struggle that popped up that kind of like, uh, just got frustrating. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, I mean, there's a lot of frustrations. Like, I won't lie. Um, COVID has been a very, very difficult time for me. Um, moving cross country during COVID is, I don't recommend it. If you can, if you don't have to do it, don't do it. Um, you're already isolated as is. And moving to a new city, I really, really miss my community immensely. And I do understand that if you're in Edmonton, you're also not participating or maybe you're more now but especially like during the winter it was it was really difficult so um i definitely started reaching out to certain people as soon as i landed here in ottawa i'm trying to you know make some contacts with like-minded people but it's not the same you know like going for your run collective runs like you do in edmonton or you're you know you have your run groups your favorite gym or all those things and that's really where i i got my like <laughs> you got to see people, especially when you work from home, you're just like always in the same space. And it, it did, it was very difficult for me. Um, I love working from home, but I always had that release valve of leaving the house and getting to go out into the community in some sense. So that's been the, one of the most difficult things for me. And I've definitely struggled through it. Um, and that said, like, I, I have, I have wonderful friends who've stayed in contact with me you know, via text, Zoom calls, <laughs> Instagram, you name it, like I talk to people, but after a while, you kind of reach a max of how many, you know, phone calls and Zoom calls you, you want to be on and you just want to talk. And you know, even if it's just to go for a walk with a, with a person in, you know, real, real life, I miss that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like my, my experience has felt very similar, even though geographically I might be close to a lot of people, but it's just like, I feel like a lot of people have forgotten how to uh, reach out to each other and how to make plans and how to make the most of, of what we can do in life. And when we're kind of talking about like our struggles throughout this whole situation, I feel like a lot of people relate to it and they just don't know how to express it. Like so many times I'll go through Instagram and I'll see somebody post something. I'm like, okay, like this is kind of saying something about 
this person's experience and it's speaking to me. So I'm just going to just shoot the <laughs> shit to them and see what's up. Like, just say, yeah. Hey, how are you? Like, how are you actually? Um, yeah. and then like what I think is an underrated skill is the ability to break the ice and just ask a person if they want to go for a mm-hmm. walk because it does no harm. And like a person might not be, in a mood or in in a place in their life where they want to just spontaneously do things but what's the harm in in just checking and seeing kind of thing because like that might be the the light that somebody needs but with respect to the people that you have stayed connected with um what has been like the because I'll, I'll kind of share something that I've learned in my connections with people over zoom calls and stuff like I've learned that I've been able to grow closer with people virtually than I ever thought possible. Like, I feel like Mm -hmm. I've made some of my best friends through zoom calls now, like people, some cases I've never even met them in person. And we've had to, we've, we've been able to do like fun social gatherings and it does get old, but for yourself, given that that was sometimes your only option, like, did you have any breakthroughs in, in all those Mm -hmm. like zoom calls and Instagram chats and stuff like that? Yeah, I started sending a lot more um, video messages through Instagram. So just like me talking at the phone in a video, just like I have a random thought and I will just send it. And it, it, it's fun because it's it kickstarts a lot of like fun conversations and like thinking about this today moments where, you know, you see something and you're legitimately thinking of someone and you just send them a message and you know that they're going to relate to it. So yeah, I, I've definitely been using video messages quite a bit more. Um, one of my friends that Ali, I, I work with her actually quite a bit on client work. She calls me just like randomly and I, I kind of love it now. We're just, we joke if we don't talk for a day <laughs> or like see each other's faces for a day. And and we don't, we used to work in, in the same office. And so she left and she now does her own work and brings me on just to help with uh, support her in client work. So we've maintained and are like actually have grown our friendship over COVID. Like I moved across the country, but now I just feel it's like I talk to Allie every single day, whether it's text, phone call or video call. And it's, it's just been lovely. And yeah, I figure there's just maybe not figure, but I, I, I agree with, I've been able to grow certain relationships over COVID that I'm not sure maybe they would have grown as much if we were in town because the expectation would be that you have to like see that person in person. Versus now it's like, we're never going to see each other. <laughs> so I'm just going to always message you or send you this random, you know, video message of something I found. I, you know, I have my plant friends and today I, I picked up a cabinet for my plant friend or for my plant. I have a winter project now and I messaged my plant friends. this like crazy cabinet that almost didn't fit in our van. And, you know, I don't know if I would have done that if I were living in Edmonton. And, you know, it's like this weird life moments and I'm just sharing them one on one. Well, I think like something that stands out to me when you're making those reflections is just like people's communication styles have like enhanced. Like we've learned mm. how to um, relay messages and uh, add context to the things that we say. And people have had to like lean into conversations to discover the context. Like there's so many things that a person can have on social media that could easily upset a person. But then if you have a conversation, um, then you start to learn more about that other person. Like you might not change your mind, but you're going to have a greater, uh, 
greater understanding like uh mm -hmm. similar to how if a person works like five jobs before they work the job that uh they end up working with a colleague like they're going to have more emotional intelligence based on their uh broad experiences and so if uh someone's had to communicate via multiple platforms and learn new technology um they're probably going to have more breakthroughs in the people that mm -hmm. they were previously talking to um I, I definitely feel sorry to break in there but i definitely feel like my relationship to social media has changed and i don't know if you feel it but like i um you know i go days now without like posting to my stories but i definitely will message my friends instead and I have kind of like, it's my job. Like I, I already have to be on social media for, you know, work and for my clients and I'm doing it all the time. So I don't feel the need to like share every personal moment anymore. I've definitely kind of moved beyond that. Like I'm happy to, you know, bring people along for things I'm excited about, but I definitely don't feel this like pressure to show up on social media as much, um, especially just like over COVID, I, I don't know if it was the best for my mental health all the time. And there were times where I like completely would um, just choose not to post, choose not to post to stories, um, not to try to, you know, take too much in because um, it is very curated. And I do really appreciate when people are honest and it doesn't have to be dramatic, but I, I, I'm, I'm on Instagram at this point in my life to be connected with my friends and family. And so I'm less likely to feel, you know, excited or inspired by things that feel overly perfect or overly curated or like all about inspo quotes and stuff like that. I'm just like, sure, whatever. Like I have Pinterest for that, like <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't need to see it on Instagram. Like I actually just am here because I want to message my friend and like send a video message or something like that. Um, so I definitely feel like my relationship to social media has changed for my own mental health. And it's still something that I, I'm not perfect at, but it's so easy to compare yourself, especially during COVID, you know, when I'm like, I, I, I will admit like I'm a workaholic right now and it's by design, by choice, like my partner's doing his postdoc, he works 12 hours. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do the same thing and get as much done as I can in the next, you know, basically two years and see where I can get out, you know, on the, at the end of that. And it's, it's, yeah, like my career is growing phenomenally, but it is crazy. And to then hop onto social media and be like, mm. <laughs> it's like highlight reel everyone. I'm like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how good that is to see. Well, I'm glad that you added that in because I think it's an important thing for people to hear and to see because like I myself, like I have to mute all kinds of stuff. I have to kind of set boundaries mm -hmm. and rules and, delete the app at times and uh, certain things just set me off. Like I saw some stuff this morning. I was, Oh man, that made me feel shitty. And then I like thought about it critically and I was like, okay, like did anything in my life actually change? Like did anything that physically happened to me change or is it just something that I saw that kind of like set me off? And yeah, it was something mm -hmm. that I saw that set me off. And so I just had to distance myself from it. It's not, it's not like detaching yourself from being an empathetic, caring person it's taking care of yourself so that you can be your best when your moment comes. Like when you have to change somebody's tire, you're in a good place mm -hmm. where you can just get in the car <laughs> and change their tire rather than uh, letting like technology drag a person down. But like you said, it, it is part of your work and Instagram just keeps changing. Like how, how is you, how have you navigated that? <laughs> oh, boy. I'm trying not to lose my mind. Um, I, yeah, it's driving me nuts. Um, 
I don't think Instagram is like dead. I know some people are like saying Instagram is dead. It's it's not. I just it's evolved. And I think the people that want to play by the rules of Instagram go at it, go for it. I think it just I wouldn't I wouldn't look at Instagram. Oh, boy, how do I say this? Um, I think every it's a it's a if you're a business. I would, I would just be very critical about where you put your energy and effort and time and money. Um, there could be other ways or other methods that might be more beneficial to you. I'm definitely, I jokingly said I have Pinterest for that. I'm a big fan of Pinterest, actually. It's, a, it's over 400 million users, um, mostly women with average household income over $100,000, and they use it to shop. So if you're like selling a, like a CPG product, if you're selling you know, crafts or, or you're, or you are creating crafts, you're an artist or something like that, like invest, like, yeah, of course be on Instagram, but like, I hope you're investing some time into Pinterest because people are saving that and it can really drive traffic for you. So I'm also spending more time working on, you know, actual content for blogs and email lists and diversifying that way. And um, it's something that, you know, that's something I'm working on even for myself with Ali and we have one more w- partner with us, Iona, so it's the three of us and we just started an email list because the reality is it's like we have a ton of information, you know, like I have, I'm a photographer, I do social media, you know, design communication, we have a graphic industrial designer and we have a brand specialist And sometimes Instagram is just like not enough. You know what I mean? Like we want to be thought leaders. We want to share this information and gather clients and share our information with like our friends that want to follow along. And um, yeah, we're doing an email list and a blog because we own that content. We control that content. We get to share where we want. Um, It's a, it's totally different. Like we did, (laughs) like I didn't sleep last week because we randomly last second decided to do a brand review of the political parties and you know, put it on YouTube. And that's, that's fun. And it's a long format. It's an hour long, right? So I uh, just actually starting to control on own our content, like no one's going to change the rules on our own blog, and it might take time and it's going to be slow, but it'll be worth it, you know, in, in a bit of time. And yeah, I just think like, Instagram is not the end all be all it's, it's, it used to be really, really fun. And now it's kind of like, ugh. <laughs> oh absolutely i think that's the best noise i can give it, <laughs> it it's something that i totally agree with um when i think about it i think about um well you mentioned the email list i actually signed up for it earlier today and i think that's important for everybody <laughs> <Welcome>. to have <laughs> well i was like i'm getting in on this like i know that i'm gonna learn something like i even yeah. if it's like distanced from what I do like I'm sure it will align with a lot of the things that I do but it's just like anytime somebody has an email list like the thing is people are motivated when they're creating an email list they need to retain those people so there is Mm -hmm. some kind of uh, motivation to keep putting out good stuff um, Mm -hmm. to maintain uh, people's attention and to make sure that they're actually reading through it all because you, you, nobody has to stay on it. Like, just like I sign up for email lists, I also unsubscribe from something. Like, I mm-hmm. unsubscribe from somebody who is 
teaching me how to uh, get dates. And I was like, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. I'm unsubscribing. <laughs> was it Mark Gro Groves? Or no, no, no. It wasn't It wasn't a household name, so I won't get attacked or anything. It was just mm -hmm. that it was like, I sign up, I see what's there. And then if it's yeah. not for me, I, I leave. So what is it like to kind of run that? Because that is like, that is big industry. Like there are copywriters who create content that mm -hmm. retain eyes. Mm -hmm. So like, what has your experience with that been like? Yeah, it's actually, it's, it's been great because that's definitely an area I want to develop in professionally. Um, yeah, whether eventually like I hire copywriters or whatever it is, I, my goal, one of my goals ultimately is just to be paid for my brain. And that means I have to write down my thoughts and I have to become more articulate. And it's a really great form of practice. And much like if you start any social channel, it's going to probably evolve and I'm not going to be perfect every time. And what we have done and what I really appreciate with uh, Ali and Iona is we're trying to break up our work as much as possible. I still have a full-time job, so I'm not, you know, as, as active as I am with the clients. Um, like Ali and Iona, it's their full-time thing. And then I step in, you know, to do research, uh, you know, to write some copy, things like that. You know, we were working on some really cool brands and I just bring my experience to the table. And then I kind of try to own the the content creation for our side. That said, because there's three of us, we rotate who writes the emails. So it's been really good. Um, it's basically on like a schedule that we have <laughs> and every four weeks I am responsible for writing an email um, and then in between that time I write additional blogs and I create blogs out of the emails that they have written so it's been really nice and we all kind of have decided what uh, topic we're going to write about just to help us stay consistent um, build the information over time and then it's nice because the people receiving the emails are hearing from three professionals on three different um, kind of topics right so I chose I, I call it design school it's not really like only design but I, I joke that it's like all the stuff that you have to learn in design school is so broad and my goal is you know if once a month I send you this email that you feel comfortable at least asking the right questions because everything in your life is designed um, whether you think it is or not and my last email was actually about silent design and it's it's basically people who have to do design work not knowing that they're doing design work and then how does that interact with designers so let's say you start your podcast and you created your thumbnails or your you know you know like your what do you call the yeah, thumbnail, thumbnails right? that's what i would call yeah them. <laughs> yeah that's that's design right but maybe you wouldn't call yourself capital d designer so, you know, that's what I talk about. Ali talks a lot about um, what she's learned from her clients or what she's seeing in these like client interactions and then bringing kind of a humanistic approach to it. So um, her last email was about wounds, actually, like your your wounds will show up in your business. And it is so true. Like we have been in the boardroom where we've had CEOs say something and it's like, this is nuts. This is nothing to do with your business. This is a hundred percent because something happened in your life and that thing is now impacting your business. And then Iona is really going like the visual route. So she's going to be building, um, you know, why it's important to have hierarchy. Why is it, why is it important to care about this typeface? Or, you know, eventually we're going to be talking about, or she's going to be talking about, um, some of the work we cannot share who our clients are quite yet. It's like, Kind of a gag order on that until we're done but she'll be eventually showing the process of like 
how many iterations of a logo does it take to get to the last one and why like what happened we're going to just like expose it all so I'm pretty excited and it, it alleviates that stress right so I have a whole month to think about what I'm going to write about but we're still releasing weekly emails which allows us to stay in contact with our with our followers and those that subscribe well I mean there's a lot of takeaways for that like I purposefully bring on like a mix of guests for this with the purpose of it serving the fitness industry but also like the general population and mm -hmm. just thinking about that and thinking about where people are kind of like like an independent trainer might get mad at like Peloton for taking their business when the gyms mm. get closed. But at the same time, like what did that independent tra trainer do to differentiate themselves? Did they work mm -hmm. on their brand? Did they work on their communication? Did they work on their, their design of like how their posts kind of catch people's attention? Or did they go into like, I know a lot of uh, people in like the, the mentoring space have actually delved into Pinterest because as mm -hmm. you said, you outlined like the, the target audience and that is a great target audience. And it's like, <laughs> I think about it now, I'm like, who should, uh, I should probably get on yeah. Pinterest. <laughs> you should get on Pinterest and Pinterest is wonderful because they also show a lot of the analytics that I feel Instagram doesn't. Um, Instagram will show you a level of analytics and you can definitely pay for additional you know, information through a, a different platform, whether it's like Hootsuite or later or whatever it is. But Pinterest, I feel is like trying to almost overshare. They're like, look exactly what's happening. And they will share, uh, share trends. They will share uh, what people are pinning. So you can like look at your demographic and what are they looking for right now? So it's really interesting. Like it'll, it'll break it down by the country and be like, Hey, did you know like people in Canada right now care about like this type of design or like that they're looking for this type of workout. And it's just fascinating because you can then just create content in that route. And I mean, you can pick and choose. It's not like they're telling you five things. Like they release um, reports regularly where they give like trend reports and they also do holiday reports, which was really powerful because it, it allowed me to even show, you know, my boss be like, FYI, like, here is proof that people are not shopping in December for holiday gifts. Like, you're almost missing the boat if you're selling in November, like people basically end of October are shopping for the holidays. So like, what are you doing at the last week of October to be talking holidays? And I don't think that you even have to think about it as only for products. Like if you're a personal trainer, you know, January 1st <laughs> is coming. <laughs> like that is like go time. That is like when people are buying their memberships is when people are making their resolutions. So like I would challenge someone to then be like, okay, so what are you actually talking about in November and then December and then building? So by the time January 1st hits and they're like, yeah, I actually have to do something. You're the first thing that they think of. Because if you're posting on January first like hey resolutions I'm gonna be like tough luck they've already gone to someone else it's too late like you miss us by 12 weeks <laughs> well I mean it's it's so true and it kind of uh makes me think about something that I reflected on over the last couple of days I revamped my website and in doing so I was linking up some podcasts that I had been on and I listened to one that I had been on in like 2019 and I was go oh, wow I'm like saying a lot of the same things that I'm saying today and I personally like that when I see someone having like the same like values year after year after year, um, mm. it builds trust. Like it tells me mm. that that person 
is going to do what they say they're going to do, especially if you can go back, hear them say that they're going to do something, then follow their journey and see that they did exactly that. Um, mm-hmm. How important is that for you when, you, when you're like representing brands? Like how do you communicate that? Like I know you enough that I know that you kind of agree on that, but like how do you convey that out into the various social media platforms? Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, it's interesting because we were going through evolution right now with my my like in-house job. Um, we're evolving as a brand def- for sure. Um, at the core, I'll use them as example because it's kind of easy to talk about that way. But at the core, it it was always design forward. Um, and now we're moving towards actually just trying to work with artists more. And so we're we're trying to move away from like this image of being a huge company, which I the marketing side, like when I worked with Ali, we always were like, it's not helping us to act like we're this huge company to be real. Like I, when you DM this, you know, my company, I'm the one replying. I'm also the, you know, support. So like this morning, someone ordered a product in red and I got the email email asking, can they swap to white? Like I hopped on Shopify. I took care of it. Like we're not huge, you know? And then I'm also the product photographer. I'm also the illustrator for our decals. Like I'm all these things. And so we're finally, I think actually coming closer to who we are. Like, I feel like we're finally aligning who we are and showing our audience. Um, I think it's like good. Cause before we're like, we're this air quotes, huge company, creative design forward. And that now needs to evolve, I think, to be more authentic. So I think um, sticking to your values is important, but then having a level of like openness to evolve, because I think we're actually moving in the correct direction and you're a human as well. (laughs) Like a brand is a brand is a brand, but you're a human and you're allowed to change your mind. You're allowed to evolve and grow and learn. And so is your company allowed to do that? And maybe you'll lose some followers, who cares? Because you'll gain the right ones. So I think like if you know that value and that thread for my company is like creativity. And so we're sticking to that, but we're actually getting closer to who we really are. Does that that make sense? Like we've always been designed forward. We're still gonna be designed forward. The difference is we're actually being more authentic because in the past we're like, we're huge. Now we're like, actually there's like four of us (laughs) and we're still designing creative and like, we're gonna be human about this. Yeah, it does make sense. And it kind of uh, correlates with something that I see like within uh, fitness, there's people that have their different certifications, they have their different uh, training styles. And if, if somebody changes their mind as to like how they're going to uh, prescribe exercise, it can upset people. But at the same time, Mm -hmm. you should almost be open minded to different exercise modalities, because at the at the end of the day, the people are in fitness, to get some buy-in from from the consumer, mm-hmm. to get them to actually want to do it continually and not be discouraged and feel seen and heard and um, like have some reason of their own to do fitness. Just like you can have all these different boutique studios and they can all run well in the same neighborhood, in the same proximity, because mm-hmm. they're each catering to a different person kind of thing. So I think that whole um, open-mindedness and ability to evolve and um, just self-awareness to know what is important to be communicated to the audience is uh, pretty important and underrated because like, 
if a person evolves, but they like completely change everything. Like I, I have seen some Instagram personalities go from, uh, like a life coach to a business coach in the span of a year. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't, I don't think that, uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> like, so what I would say is that, um, okay, well, there's these like different scenarios you can create, right? So if you're building a company that you're going to sell and you're like, I'm going to be here for two years or I'm going to build it for three years. You obviously just really want to have like this consistent, strong brand and it's packaged and you're going to sell it and someone's going to take over it. Um, my company's actually just going through that right now. We built a brand actually I built it with Ali. It's, it's done phenomenally and it's, and we're selling it. And it's like this really awesome thing that we've created. And that message has never changed and it won't change. And it's when someone purchases it, purchases it they're welcome to let it evolve to align with what they need but it's successful because of this brand that we created now we're human right and we're, and we're you and I were talking about trainers and things like that so bringing it to that like <laughs> I you're human um and I think just be who you really want to be from the get-go or move towards that as soon as you can because you're going to hate what you're doing if it's not really who you are in two years. And that's kind of where I imagine, you know, you have these weird moments where you're like, I thought you were a coach and now you're like this whatever, right? Because they're flip-flopping because they're realizing it's exhausting to do something you're not really wanting to do, or maybe it's not truly their passion, or maybe they picked this career path because they thought this is where I'm going to make money, whatever. And a, like, you're allowed to change your mind. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. You're a human, you're allowed to change your mind. But I think just try to, when it comes to social, especially as a person or a trainer, the closer you are to who you really want to be or bring along your, your audience for that journey of discovery, that that's, it's only going to work in your favor. And you're, you're not Nutella, you're not going to make everyone happy. So don't, don't try to force it because you're going to, like, you're going to have to keep up this image. Like, do you really want to have to fake it? Like. Well, I mean, some helpful context for people. Most of my posts are generally pretty positive. I still piss people off. <laughs> like, I don't do it intentionally, but people get mad. People unfollow me. Yeah. Um, yeah. So you can't please everybody, even if you have the best of intentions. So don't get hung up over it because it's not going to do well for your mental health. Like, you're, you're literally yeah. going to lose sleep over it, which isn't good for anybody, especially, like, for me to advocate for somebody to lose sleep over something that would kind of go against my beliefs as a personal trainer. <laughs> so mm -hmm. it's like be authentic and own the fact that like you're going to upset people and you're not even going to have the answer why. It's kind of like you talked about like uh, people kind of projecting what they're battling with into the, the brand or into the board meeting kind of thing and realizing like, oh yeah, that, that has nothing to do with uh, the company that is something that you are battling with like people do that on social mm -hmm. media all the time 100% and and social it's often people hide behind it right and you know some people will post with their name and there's a lot of people that will have an avatar and comment or post with something that can hide behind and it's just the reality I'm on reddit a lot Oof. I actually love Reddit. I love Reddit. I just, you know, someone like if I find a post, I will always read the comments because I find them so fascinating. And I will say I, I obviously kind of curate what I'm willing to follow. And, you know, there's awesome like fitness communities. There's amazing photographer and art communities that I follow. Um, and I, I definitely learn a lot. I, I'm a lurker. I don't comment a lot, but I, I get a lot out of it. 
And yeah, people will just say whatever they want to say because it's easy on social media to hide. Like how many times have you read a comment and been like, you would have never said that to someone in real life to their face. Every single day. I'm like, I wish these people had the guts to like hop on a Zoom call with the person they're saying it to because like they wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to get the words out of their mouth. Like that is a lot of pressure to say some of the things that people are saying in comment threads and mm -hmm. to actually see a person's reaction, the emotions that that would bring. Like um, just seeing people wish for a business to close no matter what the context is, no matter what year it is. Mm -hmm. If it's a like an independent business owner, like you got to have some some big balls to to say that to somebody because the reaction that you're going to get is going to be like extremely passionate. Um, mm -hmm. So I just I wish people couldn't hide behind the the private account or the anonymous uh, whatever it is because it's just uh, it doesn't do any good. But something that stands out about what you do is like your photography. Like I'll mm -hmm. go scroll through things and just how you capture moments and uh, whatever process that you go through to edit it stands out. And I've even like sent people to your account to check it out, like different uh, content creators that I know that are looking for other accounts to follow. Cause I'm like, well, her work stands out. So like, how did you get to that level? Like what were the things that you had to do to kind of like build up the blocks? Yeah, yeah. I'm very lucky that I have friends in the industry that are way ahead of me. Um, early on, I I don't want to say stumbled, but I kind of stumbled across a couple of accounts in Alberta. Alberta has a phenomenal photography community. It's very strong. Um, and I made some really great friends. And I actually, one of them is Lost Coordinate. So he encouraged me to also apply for a um, travel Alberta kind of like program that they had and I was shocked that they like accepted me <laughs> like I would be like in a room and be like oh my god the guy next to me has like 50,000 followers and I'm like I think at the time maybe had 2,000 and like I don't have a ton more now but I felt really really lucky and they're good people so they just kind of cheer you on and they, they like they would answer my questions and I just practice a ton and that's like I bring my camera everywhere. And I also, I'm very lucky that I'm surrounded with people that kind of have faith in me. Like they'll see my work and they'll hire me. And I think of, you know, Browns, like I originally was hiring um, Des, Des Isles. So I would hire her to do the photography and she moved. And Nahi, the owner was like, why don't you just do the photos? I was like, oh my God, I can't, like, I'm not a good photographer. And he's like, are you crazy? So I just started doing the photos and I started doing the photos for the account. And then like, I evolved, like I look back on some of the photo shoots I did when I first started doing them. And I was like, I mean, they're not horrible, but I definitely could do them better now. And now like I have Hannah, I, I don't live in Edmonton anymore. So I, I hire Hannah Hamilton now and she's phenomenal to work with. Uh, if you're in Edmonton, highly recommend her. So I've, I've kind of like just built a community of really good people. Um, I even think of my job that at the time was, you know, my client. And I went from running their social channels to them being like, why don't you just do the product photos? Just let's just bring it in house. Let's just do it. And I look back on like what I was doing my first photo shoot versus what I am doing now. And it's like night and day. Like I cannot tell you <laughs> the difference of like my product photography now. It's just shocking. And it's been within two years, I don't think like my portfolio then to now is, is unreal. So if I were 
you know, if I were talking to someone just starting out, I would be like, find a good community, find a couple people that are better than you. Um, I'm really lucky, you know, Brayden from Lost Corona, he like, he literally will take phone calls with me when I have questions about equipment. Like I'm not like the biggest tech person and I spend also a ton of time on YouTube <laughs> learning. I pay for Skillshare. I am constantly practicing. I use my own personal account as a way to try new things because it doesn't matter. Like I do what I want to do. And I'm, I'm, I think now moving you know, I'm, I'm way more comfortable in editing like Photoshop as well. These are all skills where it, it it's ours. It's just putting in the time and it's bringing my camera everywhere. It's taking every opportunity I, I can take. It's learning. There's no magic behind this. It is literally just put in the hours. And I'm sure you understand that as well for like training or anything like even yoga, teaching yoga, like anything you got to just put in the hours and I still have so far to go um but that's the beauty of these types of crafts it, it's like actually never ending and now I'm like with my editing I'm really excited just um even this the last thing I posted I was like in the, my, my boyfriend surprised me with tickets to the Van Gogh experience and I've been starting to edit in a little bit of like almost illustration into some of my photos um yeah it's just fun letting myself evolve and play and learn and that's the biggest thing I think like spend the hours just like figuring it out on YouTube, Google it. <laughs> it's all there. Get something in a Skillshare and then get a community and just put in the hours and you'll be shocked where you can be within, you know, six to 12 months. You won't even recognize your work. Well, I mean, it's so true. And I like that you mentioned Skillshare because I, I signed up for it after I saw it in your, your feed and like I, I chatted with you about it and uh, like it is what it takes that like, you just have to seek out that information and you talked mm -hmm. about lost coordinates and like I've chatted with him in the DMS and he's always been like a very like giving person. Like mm -hmm. his, his schedule is very full. Sometimes he has to uh, guard his time. Cause like everybody, mm -hmm. people are human, but anytime that I've had a question of him, like he has been extremely like supportive and, and like giving of his time. And that's the beauty of like meeting people like that. Like you mentioned mm -hmm. Nahid, he's one of my favorite people. Um, and just mm -hmm. how he said, like, why not do the photography? I love that about him because <laughs> everybody needs somebody that like that in their life. Um, if, mm -hmm. if they don't hear that, sometimes they won't even do the thing. And mm -hmm. if anybody wants like a visual representation of how like hard work can pay off, like the, the compound effect of an effort, like if they did actually go back to episode 24 and then go to episode 199 of this show, like... Um, they can even just hear in the tone of my voice, like how practice yeah. pays off, which I think is neat. And it just, hopefully it reinforces to people who are frustrated that, uh, practice does, um, add up to things, but you do have to mm -hmm. put in the work. You do have to dedicate the time to, to doing the things, um, with everything that you've learned, everything that you've experienced and with where you are today, what currently inspires you in life? Mm-hmm. I, I am excited right now to move towards my history of being an artist. I grew up with a mom that's a painter. I, you know, I joked that I went to design school because as an artist, I figured no one would ever hire an artist, but they definitely would hire a designer. And I, yeah, I'm really excited and inspired by artists that I follow and 
you know, looking even at Skillshare, I, you know, on the side, I take like little illustration classes. Um, one of my favorite illustrators is Burt Toast. Phenomenal. And he has amazing classes on Skillshare. So I, I definitely have, have taken them. I actually just saw that he just created another one. So I'm like, definitely going to take it. So I'm definitely inspired by art right now. Um, I always have, but I think it's the first time where I've like, in a very long time, just made a decision that this is where I want to put my time. Uh, I am always going to be a photographer. That is, I absolutely love it. And what does it look like just to give myself time to create because I want to create something and perhaps that is more photography or perhaps it's going to be, you know, more painting. I don't know. But I think I've spent the last year, you know, turning into a banana in front of my computer. <laughs> so I, I think finding opportunities to step back, like we're going to go to Niagara this weekend and I'm going to bring my watercolors. And yeah, I think being a, a little more uh, multidisciplinary as an artist, as a creator, and what keeps popping up, popping up in my mind is um, create art, not just content. Um, so that's kind of where I want to be moving and it really excites me. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm I'm most excited about uh, personally. <laughs> and there's there's other stuff for my career, like the stuff that I do with Ali and Iona always excites me. I'm we're working on a psychedelics brand right now. It's insane. I I freaking love it. I'm reading a book about psychedelics right now. It's just fascinating work. It's it's like filling my bucket for like knowledge and just like moving into a space where I'm like I know nothing about this. I, this is this is fascinating. So very excited to see where where I had with the you know the work that I'm doing with these two amazing women um they they challenge me a lot like when I get off this call I have to write a blurb <laughs> and it's like it's always like that it's like I get a random you know request like hey can you write the narrative for this company and I'm like whoa like that's scary and I'm gonna try because they think I can <laughs> Well, that's like where we grow in life when we're kind of thinking, well, I don't know if I can do that. That That is kind of intimidating. Like when you kind of force yourself to do that, like that's when the mm -hmm. big things happen. As far mm -hmm. as the future for you goes, what is your current big, hairy, audacious goal right now? Oh, I actually really badly want to have a team. Um, I have I have that already with Ali and Iona. And we are pushing each other to get to a point where we have built a team out under under us. I love working in a team atmosphere and it's a huge shift mentally for me to go from wanting to be a solo solopreneur, a one one person show, to suddenly being like, I actively want to be responsible for other people's like I don't want to say responsible for their career. It's not my responsibility but I want to be creating opportunities for other creatives. So I am actively, um, I, I literally have reached out to someone in VC to be like, Hey, I'm, I want to take on a new client. Can I hire you to do the copywriting though? I can do it. I'm choosing to hire someone else and not keep that money. So my, I haven't like set a number or how big I want it to be, but I definitely see myself in the future as having a team to work with that I have created and cultivated over the years. So I can, I can be inspired by people that are better than me. <laughs> I, you know, like, I think, especially if you're in social media, I'm not going to be on top of every trend for the rest of my life. There's just like no way, you know? So, you know, like 
the next platform that comes out, I don't want to, I don't want to have to run it. I want to have someone that is like very excited about it to run it and create that content. And I want to help them and move them through their career. I just think back on who I was when I graduated university and all the things I wish someone had done for me or done with me or like given me feedback or any of that stuff. I'm just like, I want to create that environment. I want to create an environment where someone can grow as a designer, a copywriter, an artist and feel safe to make a mistake, God forbid, or like learn a little bit about their business or whatever it is and be like compensated for it. Cause man, I desperately needed a mentor when I was in my twenties and I never had it. It sucked. <laughs> well, everything that you outline there, I think if there's any trainers that are listening to this, like this applies to trainers, like this, um, this is directly applicable because as far as like the long-term sustainability of personal training, like you cannot do it alone. And mm -hmm. as far as like growth of a business or like meeting like financial goals, like you do need to either outsource or create a team. I mean, like some people try to do it all with content creation. They can't like some people are going mm -hmm. to be destined to write. Some people are going to be better off doing speaking events. Some people are better off with podcasts. Some people are going to be that, pe that person that's on the floor for like 45 sessions a week. Um, mm -hmm. But if you try to do it all, you're just going to burn the candle at both ends. And so when you're able to network and create these meaningful connections and outsource, like I see some trainers that hire under other trainers under their, their brand. Um, mm -hmm. I do contracting for, for other trainers in like the US. So it's like there's always going to be opportunities to level up but you're going to have to involve other people and you're going to have to make meaningful connections um mm -hmm. something that i ask all of my guests is to create a challenge of the day for the audience mm -hmm. and something unique to you that you think will be meaningful and impact their life in a positive way so whenever you're ready you just can be like your challenge for the day is and then just uh, let them have it Hey, my challenge for the day. That's a good one. Okay, so my challenge for the day, I, I'm going to actually challenge everyone to send a video message to someone in their life. Get your face on a phone and send a video message. It doesn't have to be a phone call. I think just send out a little bit of a connection. I think now more than ever, we need to default to being humans <laughs> and just being kind and just sending messages. Um, skip the text, send a, send a voice memo, or sorry, a face memo. How about that? <laughs> I agree. Like, I think that's so important. I think sometimes people are reluctant to do things like that because they're like, oh, well, it won't matter if I connect with a person. But I would challenge them mm -hmm. to reflect on the last time somebody connected with them and how it made them yeah. feel and then realize that they have that same impact on other people in their life and then just do it like don't don't overthink it don't uh, focus on your backdrop or anything like that yeah we did a or i did kara and i did a 31 day workout challenge and it was just 31 days of 30 minutes of movement and we created um instagram groups there was enough people that we actually had to split it and have two different instagram groups and I haven't taught yoga in forever. Like I am not an online teacher. Like city yoga is dormant. Like I just refuse. I'm like, I'm an in-person teacher. It's not who I am. There's people that need that more than I do in the sense of like, that's their career and their passion. Um, when it's back to in studio, I will, I'll go back to that. So 
I was missing that community. We did the 31, 31 days and it was really fascinating in the beginning versus the end, how people were communicating. They really held me accountable. I was literally moving every day and I challenged people to like get their face on there and just be like, introduce yourself because there's someone in this group that's going to be your like next friend. And some people were comfortable and some people were uncomfortable. And by the end, it was like way more normal. And it felt so good because it would like hop on. And I'd be like, right. I got to get moving and this person's cool. Look what they're doing. They're hiking. I can, I can at least go for a walk today or something like that. So I think more than ever, like you can, you can still have community, even if it's digital. Um, I know it's not for everyone. It's not ideal, but get out of your comfort zone and send that message. You, I'm, I'm going to bet you'll be surprised <laughs> in a good way. <laughs> Definitely. And with that being said, that'll wrap it up for us today. But I'd like to thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the show. Always happy to come back.